You're listening to Pastor Jesse Miller of City Lights Church. We look for recipes for success everywhere we go. Um, you walk into, bam, the bookstore, there's a huge sec- sections for self-help and, and how to improve 10 steps to be a better whatever. You want to be a better chef, here's your 10 steps. You want to be a better pilot, whatever. Here, here are your 10 steps. And we tend to do this with the gospel all the time. Um, what are what are my steps to be blessed? What are my steps to be this? What what should I do to be this? Um, and we've Jared has said this over and over again the last few few weeks that the Beatitudes, the gospel, the Bible is not prescriptive, but it's descriptive of what a Christian life looks like, what a believer looks like. So when he says, "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God," it's not you'll be sons of God if you make peace. You'll get this if you if you do this. Does that make sense? Let's let's dig a little bit deeper this morning. Um, we'll read that verse together. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Peacemakers, which is interesting because it sounds a lot similar to what I spoke on the other week. Blessed are the meek. Um, there's 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 a difference between the two. Um, See, when I think of a peacemaker, what, what do you think of when you think of somebody who's peaceful, uh, somebody who's going around making peace? Um, I don't know what pops in your head, but when I pop into it, I, I think of a volunteer, like, trying to help out this community, whether at a soup kitchen or, or whatever. Um, and the goal of, the, of a Christian is not to be a humanitarian. That is not the goal of the gospel. Jesus is not saying if you go around doing humanitarian works, doing things, green peace or or whatever you want to do, then then you're blessed. That's not the goal of the gospel. Um, the goal, what he's saying here. See, you can be a volunteer for a soup kitchen or whatever, and still cause havoc in your home. You can you can you can ring the bell for Salvation Army at the mall every Christmas and on the weekends, and go to work throughout the week, and not bring peace to you, to your coworkers, and not be a peacemaker, and not understand what it means to be a peacemaker. You're doing your, your good duty, your, your peacemaking duty by, by helping out with Habitat for Humanity and still cause chaos amongst your family. I don't know if this is making sense or not, but I don't think if you can volunteer for these peacing programs, you understand what it means to be a peacemaker and what Christ is saying here. See, you haven't had a heart change that allows you to be a peacemaker. I can go and do these things and still cause chaos wherever I go. Jesus is saying, when you understood peace, when you when you are a peacemaker, you're blessed. You understand what it means to be blessed. The New Testament, as Jared said, and we've been saying, is not prescriptive. It's not medicine to do this to then become this, but it's good good news that results in a life changed. Because of what He has done for me, I can be a peacemaker. Let me explain a little more. Um, Romans chapter 5, verse 1, I have it up here. It says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Is anybody else excited about that verse? That is an incredibly amazing verse. We have been justified by our faith in him, so we have peace with God. See, there is... Here, here's some good news, okay? So somebody, I want you guys to take something home this morning, okay? Get your little to-go bag. Throw this in there. You're taking this home, all right? I want you to take it with you. I went to Jim's last night for his Christmas party. If you didn't go, 
Well, you missed some really good food. I asked for, I asked Jim and Lisa, I said, can I get just a little bit to take home? Just a little bit for my wife because she wasn't able to come to that the second half of the day. And they're like, sure. They come out with like three massive Tupperware containers for me to take home. I took something home last night. I think sometimes we come to church on Sunday morning like, oh, we'll do our duty. We'll hear something. And we don't take anything home. I want you to take something home this morning, okay? Get your Tupperware ready. Okay, you, you guys ready to process this? All right, here we go. There is no quarrel between me and God. There is no, there is no argument. There is no problems between me and God. We are at peace with each other this morning. You, if you've been reconciled through Christ, if you have accepted Christ, there's no distance between you and God. There's no argument that you've got to work through. You don't have to call him up and try to figure out some kind of way to make peace or do your special sacrifices to get him happy with you. Um, there's There's no partial forgiveness. How many, how many of you guys have done something really dumb? Um, yeah, well, that, that, okay, let me, let me rephrase that because every guy's like, yeah, you, you proud guys are like, no. Um, this is something I've never done and I'm thankful for, but I see my dad do this. Um, forgot my mom's birthday. Like, or my mom said, don't worry about Valentine's Day, and then he doesn't worry about Valentine's Day. I've seen that happen, and I've seen him ask for forgiveness, and my mom gives him forgiveness, and then three years later, we still hear that story. He he forgot that one time, remember? You remember that? How many of you guys have done something really dumb to your wife, said something really stupid, asked for forgiveness, she forgave you, and the next three days, it's still cold in the house? We got an honest guy back here. See, there is none of that between me and God. There is none of that between you and him. There is no awkward period where we've got to figure out how to make things a little bit better. Like he's forgiven us, but still I got to, I got to earn some points again. I got to, I got to buy him flowers next week to try to make up for what I, what I said last week. That doesn't exist in my relationship with him. That doesn't exist. I have been justified by faith and I have peace with God through Christ. This is exciting stuff this morning. Blessed are the peacemakers. See, I can be a peacemaker. Why? Because I've been given peace with him. I have peace with him. See, we, uh, we can make peace with those who offend us because we are the ultimate offenders and we've been given peace with God. I think that, especially in our American culture, we tend not to think of ourselves as big offenders. We think of ourselves as, as you know, the, we do stupid things. So let's all just sweep it under the, under the rug. We, t- we tend to look at other people's sins as higher and ours is very minimum, very small. Isaiah says this, it says, and all of us have become like the one who is unclean, which is referring to lepers, completely disease-filled, cut off from community, just out. And all of our righteous acts, all of our good things are like filthy rags. We all shriveled up like a leaf and, our, and the wind, our sins sweep us away. He says that we all are completely, completely disgusting. And that verse Romans says that we have been justified by our faith and now have peace with God. I think in our culture, we, we tend to, especially in America, we, we have a hard time understanding a good God who punishes people or anything like that. 
um, we, we tend to think of ourselves as really good people, you know. And a loving God would not let anything bad happen. But the thing is, a good God, a holy, holy, perfect God has looked at us in our, in our dirtiness. And because of Christ, he says, you're clean. Because of Christ, we have peace with him. This is exciting stuff for me this morning. Because I recognize my faults. I recognize the things that I've said, the things that I've thought, the things that I've done that I would not want anybody in this room to know about. And we all have things like that. But that verse is so exciting to me. And I, I hope it's ringing when you're, in, you're putting that in your little bag to go. That you've been justified by faith and you have peace with God. Because I've been given peace with God, I can be a peacemaker to those around me. Um, I, I think this morning this idea of peacemaker has two implications, spiritual and physical. And let's start with the, the spiritual implications first. Um, if you look, let's, let's look at the scripture together. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. says this starting in in verse 17 therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation the old has passed away behold the new has come all this is from god who through christ reconciled himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that is in christ god is reconciling the world to himself not counting the trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation therefore We are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us, and we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That's a a big chunk right there. But I want to look at this real quick. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He's saying that filthiness, that dirtiness of who you once were is gone. We're in Christ, it's gone. It's no longer there. It's not remembered. It's not brought up three days later or a month later where he's reminding you of how bad you were. You did say sorry, but yet he could still be a little bit mad because it still happened. It's gone. We're a new thing. And then this this is so amazing. It says he has reconciled himself to us. It's him, the perfect, the just, the righteous, the the not doesn't have any spots, reconciling himself to us, taking the initiative to make us right with him. To make us right with him when he hasn't done anything wrong. He didn't sin. He didn't mess up so that he has to go to you and ask forgiveness. He does something. He humbles himself through Christ so that you can go to him with the forgiveness there. This is great news this morning. That's why the gospel is called the good news. It's good news for all of us. And there's a response that takes place out of it. See, Jesus gave us peace with God. It's just, it's just what it is. It's simple. We have peace with God this morning. And then he calls us ambassadors, which Jared's talked about before. This idea that we're from, we represent his kingdom. We represent heaven here on earth. We are his ambassadors. We carry his rights, his privileges here on earth demonstrating who he is and what his kingdom looks like. And we carry this message. I I love this. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. Verse 20 there. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on the behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. I've been reconciled to him. Now my job as his ambassador is to tell everyone, hey, look, it's done. Be reconciled to God. Have peace with God. There is peace for you. There is peace available for you, despite what you've done, despite what, which, how crappy you think you are. There is peace available for you. 
This is good stuff. And this is your responsibility. When you've been reconciled to him, he is giving you this ministry of reconciliation. It's amazing that he would entrust me with that. That he would entrust us with that. That we represent his peace. Am I coming off too hard this morning? I see a lot of, oh my Lord, what is going on here? Some, I, need, I, need some, I need some response here. I, we're going to South Africa next month, like Jared said, and uh, I was there a couple years ago, and there's a lot of response, so I got to get, get ready for that. All you have to do there, I was in, in, a, in a Zulu church, so I didn't speak, a, I spoke like three words of Zulu. All you have to do, well, here, here's a funny little story. My friend gets up and says, uh, he has a translator, right? And he goes, how's everybody doing? And the translator goes, what? <laughs> like that. And he, he goes, how's everybody doing? And the translator goes, like, he doesn't understand what that means. And then my friend goes, hallelujah. And the whole place goes, hallelujah. The organs going, people are dancing. I'm, I'm getting myself ready for this kind of response. Okay. So I need some, I need some hallelujah dancing and movement this morning. We have been reconciled. We have peace with God this morning. You and I have peace with God this morning. And he says, because you have peace with me, go and share that with everybody. Be reconciled to God is our message that we have to declare. There we go. Will's getting ready. He's going to Africa too next uh, next year. So we're getting ready. We need some response, people. This is good news. Good news. He says, be reconciled to God. I look at my life and I look at people around me who are believers, who have been reconciled to God. Everything they've done is washed away. The mistakes they've made, the, the, the stupid decisions they've made is washed away. And then when they're offended, man, watch out. It's bad. They walk away. You, you, when you walk around offended with somebody... And not dealing with it. It's like saying, I have the right to not be at peace with you. But God does not have the right to not be at peace with me. It's me saying, if I'm offended at somebody and I'm not dealing with that in love. It's me saying, I could hold their trespasses against me. But he, the holy one, the perfect one, the spotless one, can look at me, the completely flawed the leper, as it says in Isaiah, and, and God forgives me. Do you see the injustice in that? Do you see the, the, the flawed logic in that? See, this morning we are ambassadors for him, and, and this peacemaker idea has to stem out of a knowledge that he has made peace with us. So we are able, not only abled, able, but we are called to make peace with those around us. I said, said it starts in the, the spiritual. We have the spiritual opportunity to let people know that spiritually they are reconciled to God. And then it moves on into the physical. What do I mean by that? I mean, it starts in your home. Um, it starts in your home, peace in your home. I've, I've known pastors and I know pastors who understand these concepts, but yet in their house, it's, it's insanity on a daily basis like where their kids have been calling me and saying, this is going on. What should I do? I just want to get out of this. To, does that make sense? Or, or how many of you heard the story? You know, dad, dad sings the hymns on Sunday morning, goes home and 
you know, yells, yells the rest of the day. I'm thankful I didn't have that experience that what dad sang on Sunday was what he preached all week. I'm thankful for that for me. See, peace has to start in the home. Ash and I have, have, um, agreed upon, and it's not always easy. The verse that says, don't let the sun go down on our anger. So her and I have a conflict. Um, it's not, our conflicts are pretty minimal. I'm, I'm not saying this to try to like, you know, yay me and my wife. I'm just saying our conflicts are pretty minimum. But when we do have a conflict at nighttime, it can be a little awkward when you're, when you're irritated with each other. But we've both agreed to not let the next day come without figuring it out and working it, working it out. It starts in our home. It, it can be, you know, I'm laying there and I'm like, oh, it's midnight. I cannot go to sleep feeling angry right now. She's going to have to do it, though, because I was right. I didn't do anything wrong. And so I'll lay there for a while. And then finally I'm like, oh, I got to just deal with it. So I'll like, a little jab. No, here's the the typical. I'll I'll let you in on my life. Here's my typical move. It's my hand on her face because that's just silly, right? So that automatically has to start some kind of conversation, right? So if, if my hands creep to her eyeballs, then it's like, all right, this is weird now. Let's just talk, right? So we, we work it out. That is, our, that is our agreement. Don't let the sun go down on our angle. We are determined to have peace in our house. There's not going to be a conflict between my wife and I in the morning. We will figure it out. One of us or both of us will say sorry. We might not 100% mean it, but... We will say it. We will work it out. It starts in our home. Um, let me let me be real transparent with you guys this morning. Um, I will edit this from the podcast just because the names, places, people protect the innocent, whatever. I don't know. Um, let me let me share it with you. Like I said, my I, I am blessed to have good parents. I really am. Um, I'm going to try to tell the story without getting emotional because a big guy weeping in front of you would just be bad. Um, but my, my mother grew up just in a crazy, abusive, abusive home, crazy. And, and my, my grandfather to this day is still like, he's not, I wouldn't say physically abusive anymore, but he is definitely mentally abusive. Um, and he's just, he's just a hard man. Um, and I could tell you story after story of just complete injustice that he's done on, on to my family, um, to my parents, to my grandmother, to, to my aunts. Just I could tell you story after story. I won't. But my mom, Thanksgiving together, um, at Thanksgiving time, Thanksgiving, um, and <clears throat> she was telling me a story about how my this is this is this might seem so small, but you, you got to know you got to know my grandfather. My uncle went out of his way and tried to get my grandfather something really nice, um, and I don't even know I don't even know what it was. What was a hat of some sort? I don't know. He he went to give him this hat. My grandfather's like, I don't need no hats, you know, because he's a hard man. He's like, I don't need that. I don't need that. And he he refused to take it. And my mom said, it's easy for me to be angry with him, but she said in that moment when I watched him interact with us. I was grieved for him. She said, I was really upset because he's still hurting and broken. 
See, being a peacemaker allows us to look at those who've abused you, walked on you, and, and tried to hurt you, and still grieve for them because they're broken as well. There's a part of us when we're peacemakers that wants those who have completely been just unjust to still see the good news, that they have peace. There is real peace available for them. It starts in our home. It starts with our relationships. See, my mom has a right for anger, but she has the heart of compassion, the heart of a peacemaker. This is good news this morning. You might have a right to be angry with somebody, but the gospel takes a heart and turns it to a heart of flesh and allows us to love people. It allows us to see people in their brokenness, in their dysfunction, and still recognize I'm an ambassador for Christ. You can be reconciled to him as well. I don't know who that means for you. If you have somebody like that in your family um, that you work with or whatever, But see, we've been given a ministry to reconcile those to him. We've been given a ministry of loving confrontation. That's a tough word. Confrontation is a difficult word for me. I am, like I said a few weeks ago when I preached on the meek, that I was the kid, the big kid in class who got picked on because I was too meek. I did not like confrontation. I don't like, uh, we were joking the other day at work about, the idea, they were laughing about the idea of me trying to have a fight with somebody. Um, I know, right? Um, I don't like confrontation, but see, we've been given this opportunity and a, and a, and a job to, in love, con- confront people. Peacemaker doesn't mean we just let everything slide. It means we, we in love, try to create an, a- an atmosphere of peace, whatever that looks like. One thing of, let me, let me define a ministry of loving confrontation. One, your intention is not to leave shame and guilt on that person. When I, when I confront somebody about some kind of issue, my intention should never be, hey, I want to shame them because they've done something wrong. Or I want them to be punished or inflicted or feel guilt or whatever because they've done something wrong. That cannot be our intention. Two, we have to allow room for personal growth. Our, confronta- our conversation should, to them, let them examine what they've done and cause a response in their heart to see what they've, where they've been and what, where they can grow, that they're capable for more, that the confrontation should cause them to react in a way that they're growing. And three, even if that person doesn't repent, there's no room to hold offense for us to hold offense. I think sometimes we want to have confrontation. We want that person to just melt before us and start weeping and say, you're right, I'm wrong, forgive me type of thing. And that doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen, I don't, I don't know what the statistics on confrontation are, but I would, I would say it, it's rare. And if it's a good confrontation, then it happens. But see, my, when, we, when we address somebody in love, when we go to a place where there's been conflict or injustice and we want to see peace make, made, we go with the intention, I want you to realize what's going on because you're created for more than that. There can be peace in this situation even if you don't realize there's mess. See, offense, when we hold on to offense, it allows ourselves to justify withholding our love. When you've been offended by somebody, what you do in your mind is you begin to re- 
make a checklist of all the reasons that you can just be completely rude or, or angry or whatever with that person. You withhold your love from them. You justify in your own mind why you're allowed to be angry with them. See, I could make a list of all the reasons that I dislike and want to be mean to my grandfather. But the love of Christ compels me. The peace of Christ compels me to want to see the relationships restored, to want to see his relationship with God restored. I don't, I don't know if you guys are checking with me or not this morning, but this is really good news because now that I've been made peace, I can make peace with the really difficult situations in my life. This might be challenging for some of you because it means a loving confrontation. It means humbling yourself and putting down some pride and having conversations you don't want to have. I, th- I, I heard recently um, confrontation is the conversation that wasn't had. I believe that's close to how I heard it. There's a conversation that hasn't been had yet that you might need to have with somebody because you've been made peace. God the Holy has made peace with you. And naturally, out of a response, we make peace with those around us. See, like I said, offense allows you to justify withholding love. But then Jesus says, love your enemies. I'm sure your enemies aren't like enemies because they didn't offend you. I think they offended you or they wouldn't be enemies. Unless you just like going around making enemies. I mean, that's, you know, (laughs) I work, uh, this is kind of weird and funny. I work in a group home and some of the things that are said in there don't really make sense. Um, And somebody, one of my residents was apologizing to another resident and the ones started crying. She's like, because she was, she was accepting the forgiveness or the, the apology. And she goes, I feel like I lost an enemy today. That's a good thing, right? <laughs> like, I, I think, I think you don't really understand what a, like an enemy means. But it, it, yeah, it was a crazy, it was interesting. I think we need to begin losing enemies. God tells Jesus says, "Love your enemies." This is difficult to grasp. This morning, I'm going to the giant, and this guy like cuts me off, and I'm like mentally, I'm thinking, how can I flip his car and get away with it? Like, you guys have all been there, right? We get offended so easily. My, my thought was, you know, how can I meet with this guy and share, hey, this is not proper driving. My thought was, this guy needs off the road and maybe damaged without damaging my car because I can't afford that. See, we have to model, we got to model peace because the Father has modeled it for us. The, that verse says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. When you're a child or a son of God, you, when you're, especially when your father's good, you want to model your father. You want to grow up just like him. And I know in America that's a tough concept a lot of times to want to grow up like your dad. But when we are children of God, we are ambassadors of God. We are heirs, co-heirs with Christ. We represent who he is. We demonstrate it to the world. So we're called children of God. Because we look like him. Because we act like him. So blessed are the peacemakers because we act like him. Because we are called children of God. We model the Father's peace. See, as a result of the grace of God, which causes us to be peacemakers, the mission of God results sometimes, though, in struggles and conflicts um, here and now. 
sometimes being a peacemaker is difficult. Sometimes it's very stressful. Um, Creating that environment might cause stress for the peacemaker. I, like I said earlier, I've, I've always struggled with confrontation. Um, I've definitely grown in it tremendously. I know that's a weird thing. Like, Lord, help me grow in confrontation. No, I've had to pray that prayer because things would get pushed under the rug and begin to escalate and become bigger mountains than they really were because I let a fence slip in or I let issues continue in somebody else's life because I was too timid and afraid to say something. So when I, when I was a couple of years ago, I, I took over a youth group and I went into this youth group with the pastors and a bunch of other people were like, dude, you got you to gotta check out this worship team. They are amazing. This worship team is top notch. Like the youth group's a little small, but the, but the worship team is incredible. So I go, the, I check out this youth group for the first time and their worship team was really good. Like I was like, wow, this is good. Like good, solid worship for a bunch of teenagers. And then about two weeks later, I find out that there was supposed to be one worship leader and somehow that got relayed into two worship leaders and the two worship leaders did not like each other at all. They were both girls. I'm not saying anything about girls, but this was extreme cat fight. Like it was that passive aggressive cat fight, if that makes sense, right? Like where they talked bad about each other behind the closed doors, but not to each other. So like one was like the antichrist and the other one was the three headed beast or whatever. It was bad. It was, I walk into this youth group thinking, Hey, I got the best worship team on earth. And then realize this is chaos. And so I have to, I'm talking to both of these individuals, trying to come up with solutions, trying to see where the root of the problem was. And this person, this girl's like this, 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 she's done me wrong in this way. She said this about me. So I want to say this to her. And I'm going to say this. I said, well, if we address this, what would you, you know, like, she's got this list. And I go to her and she's got this list. Like, I didn't do nothing wrong, but she started doing this and undermining me. And during worship, she stands over there and rolls her eyes. Like, why you pick out this song? It's, it's crazy. And so I'm like, well, let's, let's discuss this. I get them both together with the senior pastor and myself and these two. And all of a sudden, they're best friends. It's, it was like weird. They had no quarrel with each other. I'm like, wait. So you guys are good? And they're like, yeah, we're fine. When? When did it happen? See, but before that, I remember, like, just being so stressed out. Like, this is really going to be difficult. So I sit down with them. I try to address it. Thought I addressed it. I'm like, all right, so this is the plan. You know, you'll do this. You'll do this. We'll all be good. We're friends forever. You know, sing whatever you want to sing together. It'll be good. Two weeks later, I'm getting texts. I can't believe you said that about me. And I'm like, all of a sudden I've become the, the, the point of frustration. Like supposedly I was saying that this girl was doing this, this, and this, and this, and this, when I didn't even talk to anybody about the situation, the situation came back. I tried to create peace and it came back and was like, all of a sudden attack me, attack the new youth pastor. And this is, it was, it was a mess, a Royal mess. Sometimes being a peacemaker can be stressful. It can be difficult. It can come back to bite you. See, though, peacemakers cannot be focused on personal comfort zones or their own personal safety net. 
but peacemakers are, are focused on the healing and restoration of others. It, being a peacemaker makes us be vulnerable sometimes. We have to be vulnerable. We have to be able to go above our comfort zones and say, you know what, my, my goal, my job is now that I've been reconciled to him, I want you to be reconciled as well. I want peace in this situation. I want peace on that worship team. I want peace in my house. I want peace with my coworkers. See, we have good news that God has redeemed us so that we can naturally create environments of peace as his sons and daughters. Maybe this morning you've been uh, walking around and you've either been the one burning bridges or you've somebody else has burned them for you. I don't know. You're the offender or the offendee, if that's a word, the offended Maybe this morning as a peacemaker, you might need to rebuild some bridges or, or work on some of those things that you've disconnected in the past. See, Christ has rebuilt that bridge for us to the holy and perfect Father. Our relationship with the Father has been completely restored because of him. And so we are able to restore other relationships because of the grace and the peace of God on our lives. Maybe... Maybe you, maybe this morning you, you have an experience with that is that you, you don't understand what it is to feel peace with God. And I, that's the first place to start. That's where you start. That's where, that's what Christ came for so that we could have peace with him through Christ. So this morning, if that's you, like when we, when we pray later, this is, this is prime time to say, Father, just let me feel your peace because of the work that you've done. That I, that I was a leper. I was, I was a mess and you're, you've restored me. I, I challenge you this morning, if that's you, that's this morning is the best time to start there. But maybe, maybe most of us, probably most of us, have felt the peace of God, but yet haven't been dis- displaying that to those around us. This is not, uh, if I make peace, then I'm a child of God. It's because you are a child of God that you naturally make peace. When you remember what he's done for you, you create that atmosphere. We're, we've been blessed this morning. This is really good. This morning we're going to go into to, uh, communion where we will remember what he did for us. That's what, exactly what we do as often as you eat, you remember. This morning we remember that he has made peace with us. We are blessed because we can now be peacemakers because he's the ultimate peacemaker. He humbled him. He, he took it upon himself to make peace with us. This morning I challenge you, where, whatever your week looks like, you're going to, most of us will be seeing family. Most of us will be seeing family that we don't like. It's true. <laughs> we all have, most of us have that. If you don't, you're awesome. I love your family. Can I come over next year? But most of us will be visiting fa- friends and family that there's been major issues with. And I challenge you as we walk into this season, be the peacemaker, whatever that looks like. Let's, let's pray. If our worship team can come forward, we're going we're gonna to go into reflecting and, and having our time of communion. Um, let's pray, and then we'll go, go right into that. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you so much, God. God, that you've taken our hearts of stone and you've made them flesh, God. You've made us a new thing. God, you've removed that old filthy self and you look at us and you call us your sons, your daughters. There's peace between you and I this morning. 
because of the cross, because of your son, God. God, allow us, allow City Lights Church and those involved in this place, God, to really be peacemakers. That we don't just volunteer for peaceful organizations or, or different duties or humanitarian causes, Father, but that our hearts are transformed as we do those things and as we create peace in our house and in our, in our workplaces, that our hearts would really be transformed by your great peace for us. God, help us to remember that there is nothing between us, Father, that nothing separates us from your love. God, that you've done that work on our behalf. So, God, we we love you this morning. God, change our hearts, challenge our hearts, so that we can, out of response to your goodness, out of the response to being blessed through you, we can change the environment around us. We can change the culture of the city. We can change the culture of our homes and of our workplaces by your grace. Jesus, we just love you this morning. Be glorified as we go into the communion, Father. We remember what you've done for us.